Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. It's Chris Long. You're listening to Missing Curfew. Back to a fresh episode of Missing Curfew, Up Dog Mondays, fella. I'm a big boy. How we doing, fella? Good, good. NFL playoffs, week one. Oh, it was great, right? It's yeah. great. In this time of year, I mean, listen, I've took it on the chin throughout football. I laid off it through the course of the season, but come playoff time, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, you can get a feel for who's getting hot, who's not. So, great time of year to be an NFL fan. We thought, if we're going to talk some NFL football, who better to bring in than our boy from Bonnaroo, Longer. Super Bowl champ, two-time Super Bowl champ, wearing the jacket heard around the world, dog oh, face himself. Man, that was sick when he was on that float bus or whatever with that sick legend. What By kind the of way, jacket winning was in Philadelphia would be all time. I know you didn't. I, I played there. If you are an athlete that they like and you win a championship there, it's fucking turn the lights out. Oh, I can imagine. Fuck, you're a legend forever. Same as if you ever won one in Toronto. Like, you know, we've talked we've talked a couple weeks about, about our boy Factor. If you ever won one in Toronto, you would be a legend. Same as long as a legend in Philly. Yeah. And uh, just to, back on the, the sports, hopefully by this time you've built up a little, uh, you know, a little liquid in your DraftKings account. Because come playoff time <laughs> in football, you're like, you, you really start to bet on your teams and you like them. You maybe bump that. Bet with your heart. Yeah. You bump it up a little more. Yeah. And no, so. playoff football is the best. So uh, longer Chris Long coming at you, fella. Fella. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew. Up dog, my man. Uh, NFL playoffs coming at you here. Uh, best time of the year for, for NFL sports fans. And we thought, who better to bring back than our Bonnaroo brother, the legend, Chris Long. So, Longer, thank you for joining us, buddy. You're looking nice and cozy. You're looking nationally, as we say. I am cozy. And I was just talking to you guys before we popped on. The, very fittingly, the Bonnaroo lineup dropped this morning. And here we are on Zoom. And here I am trying to get you guys to come back to Nashville one more time. I think we got to do one more, guys. I just signed up for the early access, but I just bought, I just bought us three VIP tickets. Hey, We're is, back. Is today. my morning jacket on that list? Because yes. if my morning jacket's playing, I'm in. Sure Tyler Childers. I got a whole thing written down. I got jacket, Tyler Childers, Kendrick Lamar, Wolf Peck, Portugal the Man, 3-6 Mafia, Fleet Foxes, the Pixies. Revolution, there's a bunch Ode- of great Odessa, Finally, my morning I'm jacket going. into Odessa. I'm in longer. I'm going. I've already We're going. Tickets, look at it. It says, what, $999 each. I don't care. That's what right. Choose the NFL, NHL, Stanley Send Cup finals. We'll, we'll hey, go Bonnaroo to the finals. Do you think DraftKings can <laughs> set up a, a thing here at Bonnaroo for us? I think this is this is finally uh, a lineup that brings me back to like when we were going. Old people, yeah. man. Oh. There was like a three, four-year window there recently where it was just a bunch of teenagers. And I was like, hey, nothing against the kids having fun, but I got to have mine. And and. And Bonnaroo is back to serving, you know, 40-year-old dudes. <laughs> Longer's yeah. like, listen, I'll du- I'm dusting off the corduroys, the overalls here, baby. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. let's go, right? man. Hey, I Upper, send me that link after the show. Longer. Send me the link after the show because I'm going to do the same thing. I just remember the Saturday night, right, Longer with the overalls on, tatted up. You have a face mask on some nights, and I'm just like, look at this. <laughs> look at this I, what cruise we had, though, right? We it was like a good cruise. We had our we had our whole crew coming back and forth. Five guys every year. Yeah. O'Reilly. I oh, met yeah. Ryan O'Reilly before he became a legend. You know? In St. Louis, you did. Yeah, yeah. I remember the fact that his first Bonnaroo, he came in like he looked like he should have been playing in the festival longer. Like he had the jean shorts, <laughs> yes. flower shirt, and the hat. But uh, I, he didn't bring the underwear. The, the, he didn't bring the gitch. Like day one, he had the old chafe going. I'm yeah, like, not enough monkey. He butt. didn't have enough. I'm like, he here, like a singer songwriter. <laughs> uh, have you seen the Pixies before? 
No, but I, a, I really like the Pixies. That's a nice band. Yeah. And then Bob Moses, Obi. Oh my god, I mean, that's tickling everything. Oh my god, <laughs> there we go. Longer break. I got. We need a. We need an IV on site, though, boys. I'm gonna need an IV every morning. It can be arranged. <laughs> yeah, we got to hit up our boy Dan Berkowitz and Jason Weinstock. I just texted <laughs> Jason. Did you, you yeah. say this? Is, uh, he actually called me this week because uh, he's like, are you in Aspen all the time? I only come skiing with you. Um, but I think we got to pull on, you know, use yeah. Weinstock a little bit again yeah, here. we'll get on him. Yeah, let's do it. Weinstock's the best when he used to come to the bus late night. Eh? He'd be like, what's going on back here, boys? What are you guys doing back here? <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of trouble. Yeah, you don't want any part of this. Jason. Hey, Weinstock, just keep moving, buddy. We'll see you tomorrow. You want no part of this, brother. <laughs> All longer that that lineup's got me intrigued, brother. So we we do have to talk about that. But but thank you for taking the time, buddy. Obviously, a big fan of you and your podcast, what you're doing now. And when I think football, I think longer. You got your two Super Bowls behind you. First and foremost, I'm sure you talked about it a lot. But Demar Hamlin, man, me and Updog, we were in Aspen watching it when it happened. As F, as ex athlete, sorry, we didn't know what to feel. So just talk about that as an ex football player and just how the country's rallied around it. Yeah, no question. This was wild, man. You know, Monday night um, when I went to sleep, I wasn't sure that he was going to make it. You know, it was um, it felt like that. I mean, we've we've seen, and you guys play in a contact sport that's a high collision sport. We've seen plenty of guys stretched off. We've seen guys on backboards immobilized. The whole thing, but. To see somebody receiving CPR on a field um, is a whole nother level of just uncertainty and angst and, quite frankly, terror. You know, the, the, these guys were terrified, you know, sitting there watching it and seeing guys' reactions and the way they were crying. How many times on live TV does somebody's life hang in the balance? You know, so from the players uh, to the fans to the people on TV that were, were tasked with commentating this moment I think no one had a blueprint and that was a really scary feeling for everybody because, you know, even since I retired, I've seen my own friends stretch it off and maybe it's a bit of being desensitized, but usually I'm like, he's going to be okay. You know, we, we've seen that, you know, I've seen guys leave on a stretcher and five minutes later we're playing, you know, full speed. So I think it's a complicated um, kind of processing uh deal for for athletes because we've seen this sort of thing but i think in this moment we were for once on the same page as the fans like because no one knew what to expect and so i think this was a really tough week but it was also an encouraging week because you know as the week went on there were there was good news you know damar hamlin uh his charity received a bunch of money there were people that were sending a lot of love to this kid and we also got to learn a lot about the type of guy he is yeah, you know, and that it's unfortunate it took something like this, but again, what it reinforces is, you know, we don't need to wait for something like this to happen to really celebrate the athletes that we have on the ice, on the field. Like there are some amazing young men and women who play sports um, where there are inherent risks, and this is a risk that exists in other sports as well. This wasn't a football injury uh, necessarily. I mean, we we've never seen this injury. It seems happen on a football field like. The way it's described to me, it had to happen in such an inopportune um, fashion for this for this to go down. I mean, like he had to get hit at the exact wrong time with the exact right amount of force and the whole thing. And so I don't think this really mars football. But for a lot of people, it's just another scene on a football field where everybody's scared shitless. And I think that's a hard thing. So, uh, But I was so happy to see him come out of it. You know, all I could hope was he was going to wake up and get to see all the love that was, was you know, uh, sent in his direction and the effort and, and the whole thing. And I remember Chris Pronger, the thing with Chris Pronger, yeah. who I got to know in St. Louis, um, he was hit by a slap shot, right? And uh, it same thing happened to him. He went into cardiac arrest on the ice. I think he played another 12 years, Hall of Fame career. Um, so, you know, I think, when it comes to DeMar Hamlin, football is very secondary to his quality of life. And when you think about CPR for nine, 10 minutes, you wonder if he's going to be neurologically intact. Then you hear he, they're working on his lungs and like, there's all these quality of life concerns, but to see him come out of it, you know, um, I'm just very happy that he's okay. Yeah. yeah I, 
I think I mentioned this before, but it becomes reality. And as an athlete longer and, and in a team sport, like the worst thing that could ever happen is you like playing this game and one of your teammates going down and you leaving like after the game, which is a normal thing. Like you guys, you know, we ice up our bodies. We have a beer together. We eat some pizza. We go to the plane. <laughs> if you're not with your, if you're not with like one of your mates yeah. or one of your guys, you just went to battle with and he's back and worried about his life. Usually it's like, oh, the guy's you know banged up his knee. He's got to stay overnight maybe. But when it becomes something of a, of a life-threatening issue, it becomes reality and a very unfortunate one. And seeing the teams, like to me, you know, when when Josh Allen and um, and Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow, sorry, yeah. when they came together, when the coaches came together, to me, that's like that's when everything becomes like life. Yeah. to me, it know? got real. Like it got real, fast, it got real quick. Yeah, as a fan, we were just like blown away that we couldn't believe what was going on, and then just the, the trainers. We talk about trainers a lot in our in our yeah. industry longer that how much they've been great to us yeah. medically yeah. and the you know the equipment trainers, but the trainers, the job they did, this guy in Buffalo, man, like it's oh, it was unbelievable. Like what yeah. a job! Incredible. I mean, just the wherewithal to to do the right things in that moment. Um, the NFL having, you know, certain things on the field, like they have defibrillators and all that stuff and they have the personnel and everything. And, you know, I was reading the commentary of a doctor, um, that I follow on Twitter and he was like, listen, like, um, if this was going to happen, this is the best place that it possibly could have happened. Um, yeah. an NFL football field. I mean, if you think about even the other sports that this could happen and it's not as likely, um, that you have what you need. Uh, right when you need it to 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 uh, accomplish the desired outcome that they got, which was keep this dude alive, stabilize his breathing, and get him to a hospital in a timely fashion. And um, you know, terrifying process, but I'm so thankful we have people like that in our league. Yeah, it sounds like he's doing great right now. Yeah, he's he's, really he's, 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 back, he's back, back in Buffalo. He's breathing on us. Yeah, it's Amazing. great. And longer for me, like. You know, we're Canadian guys, but we live here now. We got our green cards. We love this country. It's been great to us. And, and there's been so much bullshit that we don't have to get into. But wasn't it nice that your game brought a nation yes. together? It didn't matter what color you were, what yeah. race, where you're from, what you do. People yeah. started praying and people started caring about human beings again. And for me, I was like, it sucks longer that I took that. Mm -hmm. But, man, it was nice to see the nation rally around together. Yeah. I, I think it's also – it also says something about, like, man – people's lives are in the balance every day, yeah, you know, man. all over the place for a host of reasons. And, uh, you know, it's just, there's something about watching it transpire on live TV and it being athletics and, you know, the, there being sports fans involved. I mean, if we could just show that same amount of empathy and compassion for each other on a regular basis, we'd be in a lot better place, kind of what you're alluding to there. And um, unfortunately though, you know how this thing goes, like people forget. People yeah. forget the, the the time and the place, but for a week there, um, I think everybody was on the same page. Like I was, I was waking up, checking my phone like in the middle of the night. I was like, you know, kind Thanks of having it. a dream, you know, that like, hey, that I heard some news, and I wake up and check my phone just to make sure that 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 wasn't the case, or or vice versa. It could have been good news, it could have been bad news. Like, but like this was just on my brain, and um. Yeah, I, I think your your commentary is correct. Is we were also caring about an individual. If we could just do that for each other on a regular basis, uh, we'd be a lot better off. Yeah, well said, my man. So to Demar Hamlin, keep going, buddy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Longer. Let's talk. There's this time of year. The boys, they want those two trophies you got behind you there. And actually, I, I kind of want to steal one too, but I'm not uh -huh. going to because I love you. But um, you got to come visit but, to steal one. Yeah, that's true, brother. Let's yeah. talk AFC. I'm a big AFC guy. I think it's their year. Let's stick with the Bills. I put my cheddar on DraftKings at the start of the year on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Updog's been on the Bills for a while. What do you think about them heading in there? I, I, Josh Allen is unbelievable. He sometimes thinks he's Superman, where I'm like, fella, calm down. But you don't have to throw that there. But what's your feeling on the Bills? Love the Bills. Uh, they were my Super Bowl pick before the season. I think I went 31-27 Bills over the Niners. And, you know, the Niners have proved to be – uh, every bit of of uh, the team that we wondered if they could be, and and like they've just come on so strong late in the season. But the Bills, you know, I, I do, I don't think they're the best team in the AFC right now. But what they have is isn't a total X factor at quarterback and a really solid defense. Um, 
they didn't have their best day defensively on, on Sunday. Um, I know that was a wild week. Um, didn't even have their best day offensively. They got a big lift from uh, Naheem Hines, who they brought over during the season with two kickoff returns for touchdowns. Ironically, against a team that really prides themselves on playing good special teams and the whole nine yards. So um, that was a big boost. They got a boost from John Brown in the passing game. Uh, another guy they brought in. One of the biggest games of their season, they're getting you know a boost from Hines and Brown, and you just don't expect that. So that was good to see. Um, you know, I, I love Josh Allen. I think the offense has changed a little bit uh, in a year from Dable to Ken Dorsey, but they still are just as scary. The run game has improved. Um, however, uh, outside of Diggs, you know, they've got some nice pieces in Davis and Knox and that sort of thing. Um, they're, they're kind of, I don't want to say average, outside of Diggs and Allen offensively, uh, but there's just so much that, that's dependent upon Josh Allen putting the team on his back, whether it's in the run game, uh, QB design runs, scrambles, um, and when you take Diggs away, I worry a little bit about it. So a lot of it's going to come down to, you know, the defenses they play. And Cincinnati is a really tough matchup to, to zoom out for a second. That Monday night game, you know, since he had the ball up 7-3 in their drive, and I had picked Cincy that game. And I do think Cincy is the best team in the AFC right now. Um, they're just very complete. You know, they have a secondary. They can get downhill and play in the run game. They're ball aware. You see these guys taking footballs off people all season. They have two good edge rushers. Um, they have interior linemen. They're built from the inside out. Their their defensive coordinator, uh, coordinator Lou Anarumo, is going to be a head coach someday. Um, and obviously, you've got Joe Burrow, who just has always reminded me of Tom Brady um, in that he's really good in the pocket from a mobility standpoint. I think he's more athletic than Tom Brady ever was. But what he does do is he moves really precisely um, and accurately in the pocket, which is kind of an art form. You've got to keep your eyes downfield, but be able to navigate a lot of times a pretty sticky pocket. And that was the, the the scenario for them, especially early in the year, because the offensive line, and they made a lot of investments in the O-line, was kind of sucking. Uh, yeah, but those guys was- came together, and they were a real strong point for them in December, and the defenses played better. And when you've got Higgins and Jamar Chase who do really different things, you bring in Hayden Hurst. Uh, you worry about the right tackle situation because uh, Lael Collins got hurt. But I think this is the best football team in the AFC going into the playoffs. And last year when they got hot, they stayed hot through the playoffs. I think they're even better than they were last year in a lot of ways. Uh, and then you have the Chiefs, man, who have reinvented themselves to the tune of even better passing numbers uh, quietly. But I just don't think top to bottom they're a really special team. Um, they have a very special quarterback who's probably the MVP in my book, uh, but but they have to they have to find different ways to win, and that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Uh, that AFC Championship thing is going to be weird if it goes to a neutral site. That's one thing you got to keep an eye on. Yeah. I think the best team in the AFC is the, the the Bengals. You can never count the Bills out. A sleeper for me is Jacksonville. Jacksonville has played everybody tough as of late. Mm-hmm. They played the Chiefs tough. Uh, they beat the dog shit out of uh, out of the Chargers the first time they played them. Now, games are way different, 100 days in between each other. I remember in 2018, we got beat like 44-7 by the Saints, and then we played them in the playoffs and almost beat them. So things can change, but I would keep an eye on the Jags as well because Trevor Lawrence is playing great football. Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah. He's got that long flow. Away. Sunshine. <laughs> flow. It's, just, it's nice to have the four quarterbacks in there, right? Like yeah, four quarterback stuff. league, baby. It's a quarterback. 50 million a year. You get out there to fucking sling it. <laughs> 50 million a year. You get Herbert out there. Herbert out there too. I mean, Herbert's playing in his first playoff game. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. That defense is rounded into form. Now they, they, there were some questionable decisions made depending on who you talked to last week, Brandon Staley playing dudes that maybe shouldn't have played as long as they did. And Mike Williams I was got hurt. I was that too, by the way. I'm like, what is this guy doing here? I think you got to get him out sooner. I, yeah. I'm fine with getting guys reps uh, because, you know, there there is data that suggests that if you rest your guys going into the playoffs, your, your, um, your chance of winning that next football game are actually lower. Uh, so it's a bit of a dance. Um, but I, I think, you know, keeping them in there that long and now on a short week flying all the way to Jacksonville – that's tough for the Chargers. 
Yeah, sticking with the FC, the updog's going to touch on the FC next, but I love that you said the Bengals, bro. I got the Bengals this morning longer at plus 750 on the old DraftKings. I got, I, you know, so I, I like Joe, I like Joe Cool. Listen, you were a great pass rusher. I love what Joe Burrow said, bro. I love that he's like, listen, my windows anytime I'm out there, but <laughs> if Chris Long is still playing and you see that, is that a little built board material for you where you're like going to get a little harder on the edge against him? Or is that just Joe Burrow being Joe Burrow? I think it's Joe Burrow being Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is one of the most likable guys in the NFL. And I think probably all his opponents really respect the hell out of him and probably secretly wish, depending on the team that they're on, that they had a Joe Burrow because he is such a dog. I mean, and that's what makes him, um, I don't know, exciting is like, and another thing about the Brady thing, he's just kind of got the, the ice water running through his veins. He's really good in conversion situations. Um, you know, they can just move the ball down the field. Another thing is with with Burrow, um, the P. Ryan stepped up big with with uh, with mixing out. So they they you know when when they get him in there, they can they can run the ball a little bit differently and and protect at the running back position and pass pro better than they can with Jamar with uh, Joe Mixon in there. So like. They really do have a, a, a nice setup, and Joe Burrow's confident, and uh, I think he's just the right amount of confident. I, you know, from where I sit, he's like he pushes the envelope of cocky, but he's not. He's ju he just believes in himself. He believes in his teammates. Um, I would love to be playing the Bengals because they're down a tackle, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I figure I get after the either one and Joe's. Although I said he moves well in the pocket, he's not like uh, Lamar Jackson, so that, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you gotta miss chasing guys down this time of year though eh? longer it's like this time of year things start to heat up and you're like i'm coming buddy Heads this up. is when this is when it's easy it's just like it's i don't know if you guys felt this for us because you were playing hockey inside so it always feels the same but i know that you know the gravity of you know when when it starts the springtime comes along and it's getting closer and you oh, know, yeah. the, cu the cups coming and and just the the atmosphere and for a pass rusher especially playing well, playing at home or on the road i don't know what's a better feeling sacking somebody in a huge situation and your home crowd going absolutely ape shit or i actually like this better sacking somebody on the road in a big game and the stadium goes dead quiet and the only thing you can hear in the stadium is you and your dude celebrating um and and making plays like that in december and into january they're just easy. When you've been in the league long enough, you just know that, like, you kind of get an idea of the time to make a play. And that's what's fun is trying to sync up your best rush. You know, you you can't control some things as a rusher. You can't control how quick the ball is going to be out. Are they going to slide you? Are you going to double team you? Are you going to get chipped? But what you, what you can control is the intensity that you play with and knowing in those moments that, like, hey, if I can kick it up a little notch here or bring that wrinkle out, that I've been waiting on for 47 minutes. There's, you know, fourth quarter is just about to start. Could be 58 minutes. Could be a two-minute drill. I haven't spun on this guy yet. I, You know, I haven't done this move. And it's just trying to find that moment that you can own and have a really big rush. And for most of my career, I never got to do that because I was on shitty teams. So it was fun when I was older to, to try to play clutch. Yeah. All right, I'm going to talk about my Eagles team. I'm kind of, kind of uh, homer, he, he loves the birds. I mean, the arguably birds. they could have been 17 and 0. I mean, there was talk about it. That Commanders, <laughs> yeah. that Monday night game against the Commanders cost me some. Bucks. I was on the right side of that one. About the only time I was. Um, yeah, yeah. But we got we got hometown playoff football in Philly, which is going to be great. Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. I mean, those guys stepped up this year. Probably the best duo receivers in the league. Uh, are they the team to beat right now in the NFC? Do you think they're with the home field advantage and and Jalen Hurts hopefully healthy? You yeah. think they got what it takes now to to go? I do think they're the team to beat. There are some concerns for me. Number one, like what does Jalen look like when they open this thing back up in a couple weeks? Here, I mean, he he was out for a while. Um, then he played against the Giants. They didn't really open the offense up. He didn't have to take a lot of chances. They didn't really run him a lot. He did look sharp for most of the game, a couple in inconsistencies, but that was why they played him damn near the whole game um, because you have to establish a rhythm, especially having another week off now. But you play for that. You 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 covet that, that break. So any rust that comes with it, you try to combat that through preparation or sliding him in in week 18 – I think my biggest concern with the Eagles is the right tackle situation. Lane Johnson. Um, I don't know if you guys met Lane at Bonnaroo. You, I don't know if you were there the year that I brought big Lane up, but 
a good buddy of mine. He's he's one of the the best. He's a monster. He's one of the best in the game. Period. Like over the last decade, there are very few people that have been as dominant as him at his position, especially at tackle. And um, you know they, they've got a backup in there right now in Driscoll. The offense looks a little bit different without him in the run game and in the pass game. So you know you, you might have to consider chipping out more. You might have to consider changing your protections. That can affect the quick game. Um, that can affect the rhythm of the offense. But I love their tight end in Dallas Goddard. You mentioned A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Those two guys are a really dynamic duo. The team I'm worried about with the Eagles is the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's a really tough matchup. Last year, early in the season, those two teams played each other in Philly, and it was like a bloodbath. It was just so physical. Um, and, and I would expect it to be much the same with the Eagles. I also have concerns on the defense side of the football. C.J. Gardner-Johnson's coming back, but they've had problems at safety. Um, they have given up some chunks late in the season. The pass rush is really good. I think that Niners and Eagles game that would probably – it's going to take place in Philly would be just a, an absolute slugfest. Yeah, I would be looking forward to that one. I got to ask you longer. How the fuck did the Eagles get AJ Brown? Like, what was Tennessee's GM doing? Like, like Tennessee was good. I had Tennessee last year to go to the dance. Tannehill throws five picks. I almost ripped my TV off the wall. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. they trade AJ Brown. Why longer? Why, dude? Like, was like, I, why? I don't know. I mean, it, you know, like sometimes these GMs just get like they decide that they're not going to do something and they just stick to their guns and that sort of thing. And then you end up going out and paying Robert Woods and suffering through the season and and um you know they draft uh burke uh from from uh, arkansas um who's been solid but nobody's going to replace uh aj brown i think sometimes as a gm and he came from new england i believe um you know you get used to doing this dance where you're just like we have our way of doing things and we're not going to stray from this plan or we don't pay certain players but that only works in New England in the Tom Brady era. Like, you have to pay your best players. And, I mean, it, they got torched spectacularly by A.J. Brown when, when they came to Philly, and that had to just twist the knife a little bit. And now they're down a GM. They just fired their offensive coordinator. Um, you know, also at the same time as losing A.J. Brown, you're dealing with losing uh, your, your kind of whiz OC um, who's down in Atlanta now as the head coach. So there's a lot that's been going on with that window. That window seemed like it's been open for a while for the Titans. Yeah. A lot of it hinges on the the health and the age of Derrick Henry, who hasn't slowed down much, but it, it wasn't the same year for him as in years past. Um, I kind of wonder where they're going to be next year. Tannehill, they can, I think they can save $18 million releasing yeah. him. Um, where do you want to go in the future? I just love Vrabel, too. Like, I don't know, Vrabel. I, I, I think Vrabel. Did you yeah. play against him? No, you're probably too young to play against him, right? But I love that guy. He competes before the game. He's got the fucking thing on with the offensive lineman. I'm like, this guy deserves this guy deserves his AJ Brown. Come on, man. Well, he does, he could use an AJ Brown because what they do so well, if you watch the game Saturday night, like they're running out Josh Dobbs to play yeah. you know, Jags. I mean, I saw them uh the Liberty kid had to start earlier this season. Miles, uh, right? Is that his name, Miles? Uh, what is what? Uh, is that his Malik name? Willis, Malik Willis. Willis. My bad, my bad. So Malik Willis, oh, I couldn't remember for a second. My brain is fried. So um, <laughs> so they were playing uh, Kansas City at Kansas City, and Malik Willis had to start. And you're just like, the line is like 13 or something. It's like a big double-digit line. This week it's a touchdown. They, they just do such a good job of muddying things up and finding ways to win. And Vrabel is so resourceful. And he's so good at making a street fight. And 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 that can be really valuable to a team. But then you need that that ceiling raiser type player, um, like an AJ Brown, when you gotta outscore people, um, or you, you have to score thirty points a game or you need a third and fourteen, you know, you're not always gonna be ahead of the sticks. And, you know, losing him really hurts. Yeah. Um, longer, we're going to put you on, the, <clears throat> we're going to put you on the spot a little bit. You said the start of the year, you had the bills and Niners. We're a gambling podcast a little bit here. Are you sticking with the bills and Niners? Do you want to pick a super bowl winner? Or just want to give us the super bowl final. I'll give you an alternate matchup. Um, since San Francisco seems like it could be relatively likely. Uh, I'm certainly not rooting against the Eagles. I'll probably bet on the Eagles knowing myself, 
but <laughs> I, I wanted to give you a zag coming off my initial um prediction i could give you uh i could i could give you sam man because brock purdy would have to win like nine straight games going in it's just the kid's bound to have a bad game which is the one thing about it you know like if you look at his numbers and jimmy g's numbers they're not that much different in fact jimmy g in a lot of areas was better but the team is playing so well right now they got they added christian mccaffrey he's been a big part of that thing if if the Bengals played the the Niners, oh, what a game that would be! Yeah, but e- Eagles Bengals would be great too. Yeah. Um, and and uh, yeah, I'll stick to that. I think the Bengals come out. Love it, love it. I'm in the I'm in the mix, Peter. I got <laughs> I got a dog in the fight. I'm Are you dog- going right away to the Super Bowl? You bet that with- right now. Well, you did. plus seven fifty, huh? Yeah. Plus seven fifty. Right. Joe Burrow smoking cigars with his sick hair. I don't know what yeah. he puts in that. He did yeah. this in the World Cup too. Longer. He took Argentina like midway through, and what was that at? Plus plus six fifty. I got See, Messi and the that. boys. Yeah. Was that big? Plus six fifty. I got him at the round of sixteen, and I rolled him the whole way. It got me out of my hockey hole, but I'm now back in. <laughs> I'm Isn't that funny? Here. Like we played, we played, and we can't, we can't necessarily always gamble well on the sports we play because, like, being a player clouds your judgment sometimes. Dude, it's so true, man. So last week I took Sabers Phillies, Phillies, uh, Sabers Flyers, Flyers playing back to back. One of the worst teams in the league. Sabers won six straight. I'm thinking, man, this is right. If I just played back to back on a bad team going into Buff, we're in one four nothing Flyers. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Just humbling, bro. And I kind of wonder if you guys have one piece of advice on betting hockey. What is it? Well, schedule, schedule, one. and goaltending. Yeah. Obviously, you got to check the goaltending right away. Um, I think for me, that's a big one. Like a lot, a lot of nights, I forget to, and I flip it on the backups playing or whatever. So goaltending, riding a hot travel team. longer. It's just a crapshoot. There's 82 games. Yeah, I mean, it, in hockey, I mean, if you have a, we always say like it, guys are still using sticks. Like yeah. they have the same fucking stick, so it could have any night can be anyone's game. Guys it's could a, be at the Ripper Joint too late. Well, that's, well that's, yeah, that's some weird. of these guys should be there a little bit longer, longer. I'm like, get to the fucking rippers here, so you're playing guilty. So if you lose seven one, you feel bad getting on the bus and playing like playing. Fuck, guilty. I gotta play better. Sorry, boys. I was at the Spirit Rhino till fucking four. Curfew, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, beautiful. Okay, I'm uh, looking hey, for back to back. I will say this, brother. Moving forward, the Avalanche are about a month away from getting healthy. Landis okay. Cog and the boys are coming back. I would say in a month. I'll remind you if okay. with this Avalanche team getting healthy, they're going to go on a run. I, I believe it in my heart, so that might be a team I'm to buy look. a future Avalanche future. Avalanche future. Right, and then let me tell you something else. There's a kid called Connor Bedard. He's he's the next prodigy to McDavid to what Crosby was. Yeah. There's going to be four or five teams in the hunt for him come down the stretch that are going to be just playing all their minor league guys. I mean, they're going to their coaches are tank for Bedard. The coaches are going to come into the room and just be like, guys, I don't even know what to tell you. (laughs) Just go lose this one. They might be bringing me an upshell in the play. Would they be honest about that? Uh, to, to the extent that they're allowed before maybe the commissioner comes in and goes, guys, you might want to play some of these guys. You can't sit Got them it. all. Well, it's, it's funny up. He brings this up because there's some chatter right now about that because this guy's a franchise player and they're talking about as soon as, I don't know if it's after the trade deadline, the bad teams, whoever gets the most points from the deadline on yeah. gets the first pick. So if you're the Anaheim Ducks from the deadline on, if you're the best record, you get the first pick and it's trying to like stop teams from what up dogs saying. Oh, that's interesting. interesting yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but I could get that abs feature in. Get that. <laughs> hey, longer now that you're in the business of uh, you know podding, and we talked about this before. Uh, your thoughts on what Amazon did this year with with Thursday night, like chill, laid back. You had the boys Good wearing whatever yeah. they wanted. Um, we had TNT do that this you know the last couple of years. TNT jumped in, ESPN jumped into hockey. They made right. hockey kind of what we would call cool again, right? right? Like just. Try to get the best personalities on TV. It's what people want to watch. What were your thoughts of what Amazon did, and do you think they killed it, or was it something I think, that they- I think that crew did a good job. That that pregame halftime uh, crew, um, you know, the the people calling the game. The games were tough, you know. So you know, those I don't envy. Uh, was it Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet um, having to do that? And golly, how about Kirk Herbstreet's schedule? Um, that guy doesn't rest or sleep but um and al's old he's like fuck why am i why do i have to watch a nine six game it's midnight i'm in the booth for this but the the people um like carissa and uh and andrew and richard and tony and ryan 
they did a great job and i liked how dressed down it was how conversational it was i mean i always think there's going to be a place for your um kind of traditional pre and and halftime shows and in in a sense that that was outside of the wardrobe and maybe some of the free-flowing conversations but everything's kind of trending more towards open dialogue you know i think and i think people really like that kind of fly on the wall vantage point of watching people just have a conversation uh and that's ultimately what you know whether it's my dad's show which is more produced and and you know they're they're pre-taping and all that stuff and it's it's a real pre-game show and a halftime show but they're at their best when people are just like almost off script letting it fly so i think no matter what as long as that's going on um i think everybody's happy and with amazon like the tough part is they promised um you know these these crazy ratings for these games and they fell well short but part of that's on the league because the thursday night slate was so bad i mean yeah. we really didn't get a great primetime game that everybody was psyched about ironically until the hamlin injury yeah. Longer, yeah. like, as a player, as a fan, I, I mean, I, the games weren't great this year, you're right, but I always like a little Thursday night football, right? I mean, I'm watching hockey, I'll throw the football game on. As a player, I've never been hit by a football player. I've never been hit by a football player. I don't know what it feels like. I don't know how you guys feel after one game a week. I know how I feel after game 52, but, like, is the Thursday night game that painful for you guys to play in? You know, they're, they all hurt. I mean, Thursday's <laughs> tough. Thursday's tough because you don't know that you're about to tear your hamstring or something. Like, you know, that can be a ticking time bomb. There can be things that you feel going in the game and you know you're like, I got to I gotta patch myself together in basically three days here. Um, but, you know, it's the injuries that are just the wear and tear and the fatigue and the, the uh, attrition that pop up and can be very major – I mean, it could be even a joint injury. It could be an ACL because, like, something else isn't working because it's Thursday and it should, you know, you, your body's used to waiting till Sunday. I'll tell you this, like, late in my career, especially late, but, I mean, even early <laughs> in the career, like, I wasn't feeling good till Saturday, you know, like Saturday afternoon from the last game and, yes. and the practice all week. Like, I know you guys, depending on who your, your, your coach is, like, you might have to go – what do you call it bag skating or like yeah bag know, skating. yeah like do all this bullshit Rinse. before games and like <laughs> you know you guys play a lot more games so it's different the preparation between games physically but for us during the week you know they keep working us you know uh, like uh wednesday practice especially early in the season is a bitch like we get the pads on and everything and guys are just like on a monday the first thing i do is i was in a, in a chair for acupuncture for massage for art and that didn't stop until really Tuesday night. And then I got to go into work on Wednesday. So like all I was doing all week was like, it was like these tiny incremental gains and kind of feeling good enough if I had like a health bar. And yeah. then by Saturday night, it's like my health is like from orange into the green. And then you just tear it all down again, as soon as you feel good enough. And obviously I needed two shots of tortol and all that shit every Sunday just to feel good. good now stuff. now imagine good Thursday, stuff. it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just so I, I kind of understand from the perspective of being a player that like this isn't safe. I also understand from a fan perspective, football is awesome and you want it all week, even if it sucks on Thursday night. It's fun <laughs> to turn on and gamble and that sort of yeah. thing, but it is a tough deal. No, and, and you know what? I, I get that from the hard knocks in season. I've noticed how hard you guys do practice as the week goes on. But yeah, maybe right. this is my problem. I look at the Thursday nighter. I'm like, fuck up, dog. We win this Thursday night. We don't play till next Sunday. Where are we going? All yeah. right. Longer, fire up the bird. Let's go to Miami or something, right? Well, the coaches will fuck with you because they'll be like, you got to come in Friday. And like, oh. and then, and the, you know, some of them will like mess with the schedule so you can't get somewhere. But I used to always try to go somewhere if I could, especially when I was younger. Uh, on yeah, after those Thursday night games, so you guys would would definitely enjoy the Thursday night. <laughs> St. Games. Louis to Vegas trip, huh? yeah, something, <laughs> something, anywhere, anywhere. Hey, Longer, I want to ask you about. Uh, speaking of getting after it, uh, Aaron Rodgers here, uh, yeah. the old Ayahuasca boy, right? He seemed to, he seemed to <laughs> apply some answers there. Which, hey, listen, nothing wrong with that. I actually, want to hey, do it nothing myself. wrong with that. I'd like to do. I want to do day. it myself. Maybe we'll do it at we'll do it together. Yeah, you and me um, sweating in a hut. Yeah. Man, there'll be lots of sweat going on. I'll tell you that, brother. Um, when you when you saw him walk off the field on Sunday night, I, I don't know. He had he had his boy. Um, 
uh, Randall Cobb. Cobb. Yeah. Is he done with Green Bay? Is he done forever? I don't know. As, as a player, what do you think, ex-player? Well, listen, I'm Aaron Rodgers is a great player, and there'll be a number of teams that'll want you know, to mortgage the future to have a shot at him for the next two, three years or whatever it would be this offseason. Uh, some of those teams have been mentioned as being, you know, Vegas, um, you know, uh, the Jets, uh, the Indies looking for a quarterback. Not that I think that would be a good destination for him. You know, there's people even talking about Seattle because of the assets they have and that sort of thing. Like, I, I like chaos as a fan, so I hope that he's on the move because I'd love to see some crazy shit. I also am tired of the saga. Yeah. I got to be honest. Like, I'm just, if you're asking me, like, you know, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. The football player is awesome. I just, um, you know, every offseason, it's like, I don't want to be here. I don't have enough weapons. You guys haven't done this. You haven't done that for me. But then he goes back and plays. And, you know, like this this year, you had some young receivers. They didn't do a lot in the offseason with him. He was doing whatever he was doing. And then, you know, there's this growth and maturation process through the season that by the time they're clicking, it's it's kind of too late. And um, if I look at Green Bay the last couple of years, they've been so tantalizingly close. And a lot of the reason that they're so viable as a contender is him. Um, but in their last two elimination games at Lambeau, they've lost to uh, – now they lost to Brady a couple of years ago. Um, and the defense wasn't great, but they've lost to Jimmy G and Jared Goff in low-scoring games. And so, you know, I kind of feel like what more is there to do here, yeah. you know? Um, I, I feel like we've seen this movie. So I'd love to see him on the move for two reasons. Number one, for the chaos of it, for the storylines. I'd love to see the Jets inherit a Hall of Fame quarterback with that defensive core. Like, for instance, it'd be interesting, it'd be fun. But for the the other reasons, like I'm just so tired of all offseason talking about is Aaron Rodgers coming back? And, you know, it started the other night. It actually started before the game because they asked him, like, do you want to come back? And he's like, oh, I'm not really – you know, no idea what the future holds. Like, you can manifest this stuff. Yeah, you're signed there. Yeah, you're going to make 50 50 bananas next year. Yeah, 59. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe he's played this perfectly longer where he does get that maxed, maxed deal. And – he, he, I don't know. Have you had buddies play in Green Bay? To me, that's like having to play in, in Winnipeg your yeah, whole career. Winnipeg. I, I, I just I don't want to be Without a Hall the of girls, Fame. I don't want to be a Hall of Fame guy playing in Winnipeg for fifteen Wait, there's years. Girls in Winnipeg? You said girls. <laughs> there's this place called Earls. Yeah. They call them Earls oh, Girls Earls. in Winnipeg. Yeah, Earls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's this like staple restaurant. They all you know wear great clothes and they bring you wings and yeah. beer. That's okay, there's all- probably something like that in in Appleton or Green Bay, but. No, I don't think about like Green Bay as being a magnet, and you already yeah. lost the best wide receiver in football. I agree because you he weren't sure if you were coming back, and so I don't know like I don't know what they add, and the young receivers are really potentially yeah. special in Watson and Dobbs, but you know you got to work with these guys, and I don't know. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I want to get out of there. You're yeah, so, I'm just going to Miami. I, I want to go to yeah, fuck it. I, you know, if, if Tua can't Miami. come back. I'm going to Miami, or if, you yeah. know, they just basically uh, cars or the fuck I can't. Think. Las Vegas, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Vegas, Washington. There's going to be a lot of options this year. There's a lot of teams that aren't in a spot to pick a transcendent quarterback, and I don't think that you know, short of I don't think there's any sure thing in the draft with quarterbacks this year. I think you got to go next year to look at Caleb Williams, the USC kid. Yeah, He's yeah. talked about it a lot. Like that kid yeah. seems like a sure thing. You know, the kid Muffle. at Bama seems like a sure thing, but he's. It's kind of slight. You worry about his size and all that stuff. Uh, Stroud, and then you get the next one's like Levis, the Kentucky kid. I don't know. So there's a lot of teams that are going to be in this kind of free agent window. That's like, hey, we're a player away. <coughs> well, so I want to see. I want to see Love spin it in Green Bay a little bit. He came in that one game. And he looks like he's ready. Yeah. Spin it. He yeah. sat there long enough. Let's yeah. turn the keys over to him. Might as well. Might yeah, as well, man. Spot. You don't have to pay anything to to have him. Take snaps under center. He's already under contract. Long, I want to ask you about a head coach. I watched Hard Knocks at the start of the year, as I always do. Dan Campbell, this fucking guy. I, I don't know. I don't know if he makes you want to get yes. in the weight room again, but he made me want to eat a salad. I'm like, I actually need a second <laughs> salad here. This fucking guy, man. How can you not love him? I mean, <laughs> he's hard not to love, man. Uh, he just wears his heart on his sleeve, you know? Um, and I think one of the most important pillars of leadership is authenticity. And it's being who you are. 
you know, how do you expect somebody to believe you if you're putting on a front? Yeah. He ain't putting on a front. He is who he is. He was a player. He's also, and he plays this down like a really smart cat. Like, you know, he, he's kind of an aw shucks guy, football guy, prototypical, you know, um, football guy. But he is really bright, played under Sean Payton, coached under Sean Payton, has 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 coached different, um, you know, he's coached different players on different sides of the ball. He's been special teams, that sort of thing. He played tight end. Um, and he seems like a very good delegator. You know, like it's not about him. You know, it's about having the best coaches. They made a really tough decision in the middle of the season to fire Aubrey Pleasant, their deep defensive backs coach, uh, and their defense improved greatly. And, you know, he's hired former players, which I think is awesome. Um, and he takes chances. You saw him the other night, whether it was a hook and lateral on second and 17, whether it's going for it on fourth and two at 16, 13, whether it's quick snapping and going at for it on fourth and two to seal the game, whether it's a flea flicker that, that gets called back, bringing the house on third and 10 on Aaron Rodgers, forcing the interception, like yeah. every turn in the game, they're trying to win the game, you know, which is not something that every coach does. And I think that attitude eventually kind of you get that instilled in your players. And I think they're, they got to be one of the most exciting teams to look at going into 2023. They definitely are one of the best eight teams in the or eight to 10 teams in the NFL, in my opinion. It's just unfortunate the way it all went down with the playoffs. Yeah, they're fun to cheer for. I thought his fucking nose was going to fall off at Lambo. <laughs> so I'm like, fella, grab a Kleenex or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he's uh, tough. He's tough. He didn't even feel it. Big chewing. He just had a hat on, eh? With a t-shirt, I think. While, <laughs> while we're on just the coaching train, did you hear the clip that came out last night of the pregame speech from uh from the So I don't know if that's the speech from before LSU. I saw somebody saying that, but maybe it wasn't. All I know is Kirby Smart is like a fucking monster inside. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and that's not that's pretty benign. Like, not, not I'm not saying, but there's that's real emotion. Yeah. That's what a lot of NFL coaches talk like before a game, and and the real ones can get you fired up in, you know, ninety seconds. That's yeah. how long that clip was, or whatever it was. Um, sometimes you don't have to say much at all. You know, Jeff Fisher used to take. I remember one time Jeff Fisher's pregame speech was like nine seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was really fucking cool, and it's just like. It's also, we're all huddled in this locker room. We've been here 90 hours this week trying to get ready for this game. Like, what else can you say? So just let your emotions go. And I think uh, Kirby Smart, when you watch him on the sideline and and you see their staff and the way they coach, they are just so aggressive. Somebody before the, the game asked, like, what's your goal this game? And he was like, aggression. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, we're going to hunt. Fuck the TCU, dude. Yeah, I was hunting that before, TCU. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're so right about like enough being said though. Like throughout my playing career with the coaches and players, I'm like, boys, enough said here. There's yeah. no more talking. Let's yeah. fuck go. Let's mm-hmm. puck drop. Give your balls a tug. Like we've said it all. We've said all the right things. It's great. Let's go do it. I love the hockey talk. You guys got so <laughs> many slang words and phrases. Give your balls a tug. Right? Give your balls a tug. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian hey, shit. Blogger, buddy, we love you. Last, I want to finish. Uh, you're a beauty, buddy. I hope Bonnaroo works out. I miss that smile. We're, we're going. Yeah, we're going. The fucking rights we're going. Fantasy football. Yeah, my, my, my brother here. I lost twenty five hundred. <laughs> Longer. I made a couple big moves. One was with him this year. I, I'm aggressive GM, bro. I think it, it hurts me. <laughs> talk, talk to me about fantasy football. Is it luck? Do I suck? Do you play? Uh, Can you help me next year? I do play. I'm not great at it. Um, in that, like every week, I have to check something. You know, I pretty much make a decision by the beginning. Of the, I'm in it to win the money or and avoid the penalty. If I can do both, great. You know, last year, won the league, won oh, wow. some money. That was cool. But really, the joy is seeing who gets penalized. I don't know if you guys have a penalty on your in your uh, fantasy football league this no, what year. Is that? So, like, one year, um, the penalty for our group was – it's like a group chat of, like, 12 dudes in my hometown. The penalty was – we get to put you on a billboard outside town that's like one of those, um, you know, the ambulance chaser billboards, the guys that make money off the accidents. And it's like yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we grabbed Injury a picture later. of the loser in a suit and we put him on the billboard <laughs> and said, hey, for fantasy football advice, don't call Michael Lewis. 1-800-LOSE-LOSE. Oh, and so he was up there for like three, four months. 
Then another guy had to get dyed tips one year. Um, this year, fortunately for me, because I did come in last, um, it was apparent we didn't have a great squad, so I stopped checking the thing. Um, we weren't able to come to a, a consensus on the punishment, so I kind of skated there. Uh, oh, wow. But, yeah, I would suggest enacting some punishments for your league. Yeah, that's a good idea. I finished second last, so I would dodge the bullet of being on the. That to be a big billboard. Then those games, yeah. Then the games down the stretch really mean something. They really do mean something when you're at the bottom. But long, you know what rattles me is injuries, bro. Like I made a blockbuster ten player trade, and I got (laughs) Deboy Samuel, Mike Williams. They both get hurt. Like if your team's banged up and you're depending on the waiver wire, you got issues. Nothing you can do at that point. It's 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 hard to get out of those jams. (laughs) It really is. I put myself in a couple of jams. I couldn't get out of them. I was just like looking at my squad. I got, I got no chance. I'm happy you guys play though. That's fun. Yeah. 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 We got a good, yeah. Good squad. And it's worth some cash too. So it makes you want. Congrats. Upper, you won. Thank you. Upper, I did. Yeah. Well, listen, it came down to the Sunday night fucking game or Monday night game with, um, with Hamlin that, that kind of, I was, I was up some points. I had the kicker for Buffalo, Joe Burrow and, and Knox were on, the other side. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. Yeah. And well, Knox is a tight end for. Uh, oh, no. So Diggs. So he had Diggs, Diggs and yeah. Joe Burrow. Oh, boy. And so they, when they called the game, I ended up being 20 points up. So we ended up splitting it. But me splitting. and my boy, Andy Mack, we split the whole thing. Um, I but think, now, I think that was the, the equitable way to do it across America because I think a lot of yeah. people ended up in that spot. Yeah. I thought we should have got our money back longer, <laughs> but that's for a different time. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, lot Longer, uh, Greenlight Podcast, check him out. Longer, you're a legend, you're a beauty. Uh, Bonnaroo, let's do it. Thank you for taking the time, brother. Enjoy the playoffs. This is awesome for the NFL. I'll see y'all in June, man. Good to see y'all, boys. Uh, welcome back to Missing Curfew. Man, up dog Longer. What a smile, eh? Yeah. Beauty. I want to get back to the farm with him. <laughs> uh, where is he? He's in Virginia, right? Yeah, he went to Virginia, played okay. ball at Virginia, back in Virginia. Greenlight podcast, great podcast. I listened to it. Just a cool guy yeah. sitting back. I was jealous how comfortable he looked. By the way, he's got a nice shack by the looks of his Instagram with the kiddos there. You know, I think the latest post, he walks through his living room with his boys and he jumps on the couch. And I'm like, that's a National League pad he's got there. I'll tell you what, the square foot's a little less expensive than California. I can guarantee you sure that. In the great state of Virginia. Huh? Maybe <laughs> I'll move to Virginia longer. But uh, great talking to him. So knowledgeable about the sport, right? Yeah. Like Just listen to him talk about the, the ins and outs of the sport. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. His two Super Bowl trophies sitting behind him. Absolute legend. So thanks to Longer. And that Bonnaroo lineup, buddy, it's got me. It it's got my ears perked up. up. I think I might change that to my background and my screen just to get excited for the I next mean, couple months. My morning jacket into Odessa. Maxi I mean, Binger, fire up the camera up. and watch the content of this fucking beauty here if, you, if that does happen. <laughs> so... Uh, thanks to Chris Longer, to our listeners. We try to, you know, add a little bit of more of an element than just hockey. Football playoffs are here. Why not bring them on? So thanks to him, Updog. That was great. Thank you, fella. That was Missing Curfew. Mm-hmm.